Recently, I read a uh, social media post that now they have invented a new type of GPS. You see, the normal GPS, it's basically a device that you type in your address and it tells you where to go. We have, and you can have them in your phone and whatnot. And this new GPS apparently is a bit different. It tells you where to go, and when you get there, it tells you why you went there. I think that's pretty cool, because from, for guys like me, sometimes I literally need help. When I go somewhere, what was it that I went here for? Now, if it's on the GPS, then I don't have to wonder. Some of you are chuckling and smiling. I don't know if it's a true story or not, but it would be nice if it was. See, with our fading memories as we grow older, the short-term memories that we have, they tend to fade. Anybody with me on this? Yes. Some of you are not that old yet. You're agreeing with me. I know. In fact, all of you who are here knew how to get here today. But I do wonder if every single one could really say, yeah, I'm here because. Do you know why you're here? Well, maybe that's a different discussion we could have. See, we don't always keep in mind or keep in our memory why we're on the journey. I mean, for younger folks, this is probably funny. But it's true. I'm at the place in my life now... When I want to go downstairs into the basement and get something, sometimes I'm down there, okay, now what was it that I wanted here? And I scratch my head, okay, I forgot. So I go back upstairs, and a little while, okay, yeah, that's what I wanted. So then I go back, and this time I remember. Or go upstairs, for that matter, whatever the case may be. Maybe you've had this happen to you. You go to the grocery store, you park your car, you get a little cart, you go in and all through the aisles and do all the shopping, and you go through the checkout, and you're just doing your thing and not thinking of anything, and you go out, Side and where did I park my car? Where did I park my car? You forgot where you parked your car. You for, and this is what happens to us physically. But seriously though, folks, that's just minor stuff. That's, that's not a big issue. What is worse when you don't know where you are, you don't know why you are where you are, and even worse, when you start not remembering where you came from. And you have no idea where home is. And you, for the life of you, can't remember a thing. In the uh, real world, in our world, it's something called Alzheimer's. I'm not suggesting that we have spiritual Alzheimer's. But there's a correlation here in terms of, do we know why we're on the journey of life that we're on? Do we know what our purpose is on this journey of life? I've titled my sermon, Remember the Purpose of the Journey. Many people experience a parallel to this thought that I just shared. They have no idea in their hearts what life is all about. They have no idea where they are in the journey of life. They're clueless. They really have no idea where they're going either. They have no concept. Where's home? And this has nothing to do with physical age. This condition happens to anyone in any age category, young or old, educated, non-educated, professional, in any category, we can forget. It's bad when that happens. In our sermon series, we are continuing with a series on um, wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And before I go into those passages, I want to just um, 
speak a little bit about the importance of remembering the purpose of the journey. As I said last Sunday, this journey is not something where we do right by accident. It's very conscientious. It's, very, it's a very intentional journey. We don't live right by, by accident. It's a decision we make. And one of the great risks in life is that it is so easily possible to become distracted, forgetful, and we lose our way. Maybe you're asking, well, why is this even important? What difference does it make where I came from, why I'm here, where I'm going? It's happened in my life when I visited with someone, and in conversation, a particular person came up in the conversation, and maybe this person at one time was poor, simple, had a humble beginning, but then later on they became well-to-do, maybe even a bit famous, maybe had a lot of influence, and the person changed, their values changed, their direction in life changed, and the comment has been made, they've forgotten where they came from. That happens to people. Or, on the other hand, a person maybe was well-off, influential, respected, then lost their way, made sinful choices, and as a result, lost everything, became poor outcast and rejected, and the comment is made, they forgot to remember how good they had it. Our journey that we're on, folks, our journey, we must remember our roots. We must remember our history. We must remember our purpose. We must remember our destiny. We cannot play with this. No matter where we come from, no matter where we are, we must always, always remember our purpose. It includes our history. It's a known fact of history. No culture or people group will last long that forgets its roots. As a nation, in fact, we're facing it. I'm not saying all of our history is good. Some of it's bad history. It's dark. Some of it's even evil. Shouldn't have happened, but it's reality. It did happen. We must learn what not to repeat. We must learn what to learn from. And then some of it's very good. We must remember it, cherish it, value it, build on it. In the story of the Bible, the history of the Israelites, God had a plan for his people. He was leading them into the land of Canaan, out of the land of Egypt. They'd been slaves for many, many years. He promised to rescue them, through the, would bring them through the desert to the land of Canaan and give them a new land. God balanced everything together. He said the land that he was taking them to was a land flowing with milk and honey. At the same time, while he was promising them this land, he said, always remember where you came from. The blessings were never disconnected from the history who they had been as slaves. In a few minutes, we want to read from Proverbs again what God was doing. But let's first turn to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning verse 10. It says, And when the Lord God, your, when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abram, Isaac, and Jacob to give to you, with great and good cities you did not build, and houses full of gold, good things that you did not fill, and cisterns you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, verse 12, then take care, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He's tying it together. It's one complete package. If God did not want us to remember the story of Genesis and what was read to us just before would not have been written there. God wants us to know and to remember 
where we came from. How important those stories are, what God did for Adam and Eve in the garden. And it goes right through. God is saying, remember the purpose of the journey. Remember what I've done for you. And even when they entered Canaan, the journey, quote-unquote, was not over. Life journey, the life's journey that we're on, it lasts for as long as we live in this world. The promise was they would be richly blessed. The risk was the blessings would be tempting, would be a temptation to forget. For them to live wisely, they were told to remember. The same holds true for us today as well. So I would like for us to turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 beginning verse 1. The writer of Proverbs says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive, that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. What is happening here in this writing, in this passage? The writer is talking to his sons, to the following generation that is coming after him, the future generation. But who is he referring to? Who's he referencing? He's referencing his father. He's talking to his sons about the son's grandfather. There is a three-generational link here in this story. He's sharing with them what his father had shared with him. And which, no doubt, his father had gotten from his father. You see, there's a continuity here. It's a passing on of the old to the new. There's a beauty in all of this. One of the things I've come to realize is that we as humans, we live in community, but not just community. It goes further than just the horizontal on our right and our left, but it's also into the future and from the past. It's all tied together into one. The journey of my life is not just me. It's what my forefathers have done and poured into me. It's what I'm pouring into my children who are coming after me and my grandchildren. Often we talk about church as a family, and it's true, but I wonder how fully do we really understand it. It's very important that we know the teachings of the past, especially of the scriptures, that we pass them on. We know them, we live them, we pass them on. One thing I'm noticing in society, as society is progressing forward, we're living in an increasingly fragmented society. And I'm not judging or anyone or trying to complain. I do wish, however, it were not so. God never made us to each on our own do this by ourselves, always in the context of relationship and fellowship. And again, going back to Genesis chapter 1, what Adam and Eve did broke relationship. God wanted to bring it back. That's why he provided salvation. We're all in this journey together. I know that quote has been used in other contexts, but we are in this together. There's wisdom here in Proverbs 4. The old sharing with the young. There's wisdom in this, the time that is spent here. Oh, yes, we're connected, all right, social media, but it's very superficial. We're not really connected. Actually, we're losing our connections. We need to remember that we remember the lessons of our past, that we live them out and pass them on. 
Jesus was all about relationship, all about connectedness, all about this togetherness. He describes his relationship with the Father in various ways, and he was very intentional about he wants this relationship with his people. Let's turn to John 15. There's a short passage here. John 15, beginning verse 1. He says to the disciples, I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may be more fruitful. Already you're clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that he, it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and are burned. This word picture of a vine basically leaves us with no options. Either live outside of a relationship with Jesus or live in relationship with Jesus. There's no middle ground here. Jesus is very clear and emphatic about the relationship factor. There's no independence here. There is no lone ranger living here. As Christians on this journey of life, our success depends on being connected with Jesus and each other. We don't live alone. And we have to admit that the lives of our forefathers, they impact us even today, for good or bad, sometimes both. It's multidirectional. The Apostle Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 12. Let's read that. He says, For just as the body is one, it has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. There are no isolated, independent strands called people in this whole sea of time. The lives of our forefathers affect us today. The lives that we live affect each other, ourselves and each other today. And they'll affect the, the, the people that come after us. It's so critical that we live wise lives. Someone once wrote these words. He said, a people without the knowledge of their past history, their origin and their culture is like a tree without roots. And we know a tree without roots will not stand long. God is very intentional about this. In the Old Testament, he reminded his people many times of these truths. Going back again to Genesis, in Genesis chapter 9, verse 12, the story is told, <clears throat> the, the writer tells the story of Noah, how he was saved by building a boat and entering the boat, and God saved him from the flood through, the boat, through that journey. <clears throat> it says in verse 12, And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that's with you for all future generations. I've set my bow in the cloud. It should be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. God wanted their future to be good in the context of remembering the past. God promised Noah and all future generations something like that flood is not going to happen again. Seed time and harvest would continue the seasons would go on, but that would not happen again. So God made a, made a symbol by which they remembered. Another passage in the Bible is how God promised Abraham he would bring his descendants into the land of Canaan. 400 years they'd been slaves. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 24, it says, And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and Jacob. 
God saw the people of Israel and God knew. Had God forgotten? No, he doesn't forget anything. But this figure of speech is used for our benefit, not because God actually does forget things in the sense that, oh, forgot about that one. No, God knew the time had come, and so God remembered the covenant with Abraham, and he ties the past into the present and into the future. And if you read the story of how they left Egypt and how they went through the Red Sea, again and again through the journey of the desert, he reminded them to remember. He reminded them to think back. It's when we forget where we came from, when we forget our history, then we become careless and distracted and do all kinds of foolish and sinful things. We need to remind ourselves, what has God saved us from? What's our journey like? The purpose of the journey must always be remembered. Now, our life journey has a higher purpose. It's bigger, as I said before, than each one for himself. Let's go back to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning verse 5. He says, get wisdom. If you're going to do this right, get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She'll keep you. Love her. She will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly. She will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. Remember, he was talking about what his father had shared with him. He's, he knew this. He lived by it. Now he's hoping his sons will live by it as well. I know we can't go back and undo a lot of stuff. Society changes. Culture changes. Fashions change. Habits change. Lifestyle change. I get that. We, it's true. But are we holding on to the moral foundations of our ancestors? I think back to 1500s. Are we holding on to the moral foundations of the early church? Are we holding on to the scriptural foundations of the Bible? Or is it negotiable? Is it, is it debatable? What does Proverbs say? Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, do not turn away from the words of my mouth. It's so extremely important. And once we have wisdom, a lot of stuff may not make sense to the world, but that's okay. As I said, and I repeat, I'll repeat this, last Sunday I said that we don't live right lives by accident. This whole journey, our present, our past, and our future is all interwoven, one continuous fabric. It's like one continuous piece of cloth, but not all strands look very good in there. Some are actually quite bad. Which ones are we? You see, when foolish thinking, when foolish living becomes the norm, that affects everybody. In a matter of time, it's only a matter of time before things fall apart. And I have to say this, our culture is in a bad way. We are, so to speak, gone off the rails in some areas. There's a consequence for that. The price will come. What we can decide now is whether or not we will live in a relationship with Jesus and in good standing with our neighbors. The purpose of the journey of life is not what our culture would have us believe. You see, in our, our culture, it's always about me. It's always about us, and me, myself, and I. And We live for ourselves, basically what they're trying to teach us. But we've been entrusted with the sacred teachings of God's word. We've been entrusted with the present, the knowledge of the past, to live for the future so that there's a heritage of godly people. This is the reason the teachings are so important. The writers of Proverbs is very aware of this. 
He's serious about this. And let's jump down to verse 20. We won't read all of it, but let's jump down to verse 20. He says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them from within your heart, for they are like life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from, your, from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. This last part of this passage is so packed and loaded with descriptive language that describes the journey. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Oh, how easy it is to take a pause, to stop and slow down and look at that and look at that. This distraction, that distraction. And there's so many, many distractions. And before long, we kind of get off the path and we wander off. And then later in life, we wonder, how did we get here? What was I going to do here anyway? Why was I here? There's a lot of positive stuff here, but also some things that are not as positive. He said, be attentive, incline your ear, let my words not escape you, remember them, keep them in your heart, they're alive, they're healing, keep your, stay on the path, and so on. Then avoid the crooked speech and devious talk, and don't start swerving, turn your foot away from evil, and so on, and on it goes. The purpose of our journey encompasses a lot more than just a moment-by-moment, day-to-day, right-here-right-now living, however I feel like it. The journey is much, much bigger. The whole is tied up, the past, the present, the future. It's a big responsibility. The lives of my forebears influence me today still. I'm influencing the lives of my children, our grandchildren. But even on a larger scale, we influence our neighbors, we influence each other. There was a book that was written many years ago now. The title was, It's Not About You fascinating title. I'm not saying I agree with 100% everything the writer said, but it was a good book in general. I thought that's actually true. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's about God. Me glorifying God. Me coming back to God. Me walking in a relationship with God. We have to remember the purpose of the journey. How important is it to you today that you know where you are in life, where you're going in life, Are you walking wisely, with discretion, with consideration, with clear thinking, know where you're going? Or are you one of those, I'm not sure, I have no idea. I'm not talking about figuring out your life's ambition, your career and that. I'm not talking about that. But where do you want to go when you die? You will die. Where do you want to be when it's all said and done? How do you want your your life to be remembered? If your journey is not taking you closer to God, then you either don't know where you are or you don't care where you are. Or you may have read the Bible some. You may have some ideas, but in total, you don't know it. You don't know God, don't live for him, even who he is. See, the question is not, are you on a journey? You're on a journey. When you're born, you start the journey. The question is, what kind of journey are you on? Not everyone on life's journey is living well, is journeying well. They've forgotten where they came from. They don't remember anything, or they have never researched it. You see, one day, the curtain of time will close. God will bring everything to a stop. 
Time will cease. The judgment will happen. All humanity will be judged. Jesus talks about that in, in, the, in the Gospels. At that time, our lives will be revealed for in their complete totality. Everything will be open and bare. Then everything will be visible, what we've done, what we've been influenced by, how we've influenced others. And then it will be revealed what kind of life we've lived. Even Adam and Eve will regret what they did when they took the forbidden fruit. Of course, God was gracious. He covered their sin. But they have to come to God. God sent Jesus in this world to walk the path before us. He knew his life's journey very well. He wasn't questioning, wondering, hmm, wonder what the Father would want me to do now. Wonder what I should be doing with my life now. He had a destiny in mind. And of course, he's God in human form. We don't, we're not. So we're not there, not there. But he still invites us, draws us, wants us to walk with him. So I don't know where your journey is at. How are you doing? I do know God wants a relationship with you. That we do know. God does not want you to make this journey haphazardly, carelessly, thoughtlessly. God wants you to remember what you're saved from, where you came from, what your purpose is and how to influence others, and how to live in glory for him. The journey of life is meant to be a journey of joy and gladness amid the sufferings and hardships of life. But maybe you are a follower of Jesus, maybe you're a loyal disciple of Jesus, and you're just tired. It's not working out. It's just not easy. It's, it's difficult. You need to stop and take some inventory. That may happen. And you start asking and doubting, are you even on the right road? Sometimes God's people ask those questions. John the Baptist did. They need some refreshing. Jesus offers that. That's what the body of Christ is for. That's why we're a church, to share with each other, to lean on each other, to walk with each other. Or perhaps you're doing well, you're doing fine, you have this, you're on track, you're encouraged, you have joy, but there's a traveler traveling beside you who needs encouragement. Another traveler on the road who's struggling. So as we journey, let's remember why we're here. Let's remember we're saved from sin for eternal glory. Let's remember that it's not about me. It's about me helping my neighbor around me, but also living out the heritage that my ancestors have left me and that I want to leave with my sons and my grandchildren after me. God has good things for us. The journey does not have to be a, a journey of regret and failure. It can be and should be a journey of joy and success for God's glory. May God help us to that end. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. Thank you for the teachings of your word. There's so much there about who you are, what your plan is for us, and how you want to walk with us and help us make this journey, a journey that glorifies you, where we receive a blessing from and brings others along with it. May you help us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen.